Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest all the way from Los Angeles, California. Welcome to the show, Ali Boone. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be back. Great to have you here again. And you were on the show a little over a year ago. And so it's great to have you back. And we wanted to have you back because you've got a new book coming out. But before we dig into that, why don't you give a quick update on your backstory and how you got to this point in your journey? The short of it is, you know, I grew up with the typical understanding of go to school, get good grades, go get a go to college, get a good job and focus on job security. So I did all of that. I ended up in the aerospace engineering industry. And, uh, you know, the minute I walked into my first corporate job, I knew before I sat down that this was not going to work at all. It was definitely a dream job, but it wasn't my dream job. So I spent the next five years really trying to figure out how to get out of corporate. And really, I knew I always wanted to work for myself, but I had no idea doing what. And so I spent a lot of time researching business and real estate not really even knowing what that I was going to end up with a real estate investing business, go figure. But through that, while I had my corporate job, I was starting to invest, trying to do something smart with my W-2 paycheck every Friday while I had it. And then I ended up leaving corporate to run my real estate investing business, which focuses primarily on turnkey rental properties. And I help people buy those. And I've been kind of knee deep in that industry for, gosh, not eight to nine years now. So through that, it's been as real estate always is. There's learning experiences. I'm constantly learning new things. Sometimes the most simple of things that you would think that I would have learned nine years ago, but I didn't. So, you know, it's an interesting journey, both with entrepreneurship and real estate investing. Finally, I got my first book out, which I'm super excited about. I've been wanting to put it out for quite some time, but it turns out, or at least for me, writing, putting a book out is hard. <laughs> you know, it's kind of a different skill set. You know, I have a lot of skill sets, but figuring out how to publish a book was not one of them by any stretch. So I'm pretty excited about that. But yeah, that's kind of where I am today. Writing a book is certainly a tremendous learning experience. I've done two so far, and I've got a third one in the works right now. Mm-hmm. And what I found was that the key to getting a book done and getting it done quickly was to start with a really strong outline. Yeah. And that really made it quite easy. Once I had the chapter headings, filling in the content was Mm -hmm. remarkably straightforward. Yeah. As you would expect when you know your topic. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That was my experience. And then, of course, you get to a a situation where the book is almost done for a really long time. (laughs) In my case, about two years. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's funny because I was a writer for a long time. I was a writer for Bigger Pockets since about 2012. And, you know, so writing wasn't really my challenge. It was like, what in the world do I do with this writing when it's done? It's like, I don't know how to publish a book. <laughs> like, everyone's like, put it on Amazon. Well, how do you do that? So it was it was uh, interesting. I'm kind of glad I did it. I'm usually a big advocate of outsourcing the things that I'm not good at. You know, I, I want the best of the best with my teammates, with me doing, you know, all of us working to our strengths. But with the book process, I purposely wanted to do it myself because I really wanted to learn that process and at least for the first book. So I it was challenging, but I got to the other side and it's been exciting ever since. And so what's the title of the book? It is called Not Your How-To Guide to Real Estate Investing, Life Lessons on Hacking Your Mind Before You Hack Your Wallet. I love it. I love it. So what would be some of the main things? Why don't you give us a little sneak preview? 
The book primarily, why it's called Not Your How-To Guide, I wanted to be abundantly clear about that from the get-go, is it's really a mindset book. I kind of consider it like a prerequisite to the how-to guides. Like I always say, there's no how-to guide in the world that's going to help you if your mindset's not right. And I feel like so many people go just flying off into the deep end, like, I want to be a real estate investor. Cool, go flip houses. Okay. And, you know, there's... I think there's a lot of value in slowing down and really taking the time to explore the industry and what strategies might actually be a fit for you because there's so many options in this industry. Maybe flipping houses is great for you, but maybe it's not. And so taking the time to explore that and one of the chapters in the book, part of that kind of mindset, things to consider, things to look at is I believe that there are three true currencies in this world, whatever you want to call it. Money, obviously, we all know about that one. But the two that seem to get overlooked a lot are time and sanity. And it's it's a consideration of if you are taking on a project or doing a job, you absolutely are paying to get something in one or more of those currencies. Maybe you're paying a ton of money, but you get to save your time and sanity. Or maybe you save a ton of money, but you're going to spend a lot of your time and depending on what the job is, maybe your sanity, maybe it contributes sanity to you, maybe it takes it away. And so anytime you're considering anything, really, whether it's life, real estate, entrepreneurship, what currency are you paying in? And which currency is most important to you personally? For me, it's sanity. I would rather pay way more money if it means I get to keep my sanity. Some people are more about the money. So it's kind of thinking of these three currencies to help you more strategically choose the things that you get involved in and ultimately, hopefully help you be more successful and for sure more happy. Now, would you say that sanity is perhaps a proxy for the for energy as well? I know, for example, for myself, if I'm producing a podcast, which I do seven days a week, if I do that first thing in the morning, It takes me a third of the time and a lot less energy than if I'm trying to do that late in the evening when I'm tired. It's literally like walking through mud if I'm trying to do it late at night when (laughs) it really is. I'm so the opposite. (laughs) I'm more of a night owl. Yeah, no, I I think that's so true. And I think there's so many to exactly what you're saying. There's so many avenues that you can consider all these things. It's like, okay, I have one life. How can I best optimize it? And ultimately that optimization leads to my happiness, you know, my energy levels, all that kind of stuff. It's like, okay, in your case, you're a morning person. Okay, so schedule all your podcasts in the morning. For me, it's funny because people ask all the time if I'm going to start my own podcast. And I can't tell you how little desire I have in that for just an endless amount of reasons, but I love being on other people's podcasts. And so if I force myself to do a podcast, it's for me swimming upstream. And so I would start to chip away at my energy, my sanity. It would take time away from other things that maybe I enjoy more. But I love how you bring that up is it's not just deciding what you're going to pay in, but how to structure each thing that you do to best optimize all of those things. Because it's not just about time management. It's about managing the interplay between all of those three. And there's so many time management courses out there that profess that's the secret. And I would argue that it's not the secret at all. It's actually the easiest one to manage once you've got the other ones figured out. 
Yeah. And I, you know, time management, I think about this all the time. I get really frustrated with myself is I am not a schedule person. Like I would, and I, I would love to make myself, I had a mentor one time who showed me his spreadsheet of his calendar. So like his seven days a week were broken down into like blocks of time. And I was like, man, I wish I could be that efficient because I can make a mean spreadsheet. I could, you know, used to be an engineer. I could engineer my schedule to be the most efficient person on the planet, but I know myself I can't work with a schedule if I if my brain sees a schedule it's immediately going to be like "Mm, no and you know so it's about like okay well I know I'm not going to respond well to that how can I make myself most efficient based on how I know that I operate some of that can be hard sometimes because there has to be a level of self-awareness like I joke all the time one of my greatest joys in life is sleeping in And it's not necessarily sleeping late. It's just waking up when my body wants to wake up. And when you hear, oh, she likes to sleep in, what a late, you know, there's all sorts of stigmas around sleeping in. Well, it's just how I I like to sleep in. I like to wake up slowly. I like to have a cup of coffee while I watch an episode of my soap opera. Call me whatever you want to call me, but that's how I operate. But then I also work really well at midnight. There is self-awareness that you have to be honest with yourself of, okay, what actually works for me? I love it. So today, we're obviously in the pandemic environment. We talked a little bit about mindset, certainly the dislocations in the economy, the dislocations, and all the uncertainty around the political process weighs heavily on real estate investors. Because one thing all investors like is they like certainty. And boy, you could never have scripted 2020 if you tried. (laughs) I'm sure there's some movies that like started to point to it, but nobody (laughs) knew. (laughs) Exactly. So talk a little bit about strategizing, managing your mindset in this period of extraordinary uncertainty. Whew, that's a big one. It's been a little bit, I'm sure this is probably true for most everybody. It's been a little bit of a psychology project, right? Like (laughs) everything we've all known has been either taken away or changed or altered or something. Um, I think one of the biggest lessons for me from a mindset perspective has been that of surrender, really. You know, there's only so many things that I have any control over whatsoever. And it's kind of like, you know, I can I can sit here and try and fight against the things that either aren't working my way or whatever. But that's not to say don't fight for those things ever. But there's, there's certain things right now more than any other time that we can't control. And so it's kind of like, well, that is what it is. So what things do I have control over? For instance, quarantine was actually what helped me finish my book. It was basically almost done for about two years. And as soon as the quarantine gates slammed down, I was like, oh, well, I can't really do much else, but guess this is the time. (laughs) And, you know, so it's really kind of making the most out of what we can do. But from a mindset perspective, I really think it's, for me, it's been a lot of just releasing resistance. When I want to do a certain thing and I can't do it, or I want a certain freedom and I can't have it, well, instead of resisting that and fighting, it's I actually ended up with a ton of neck pain this year because I caught myself trying to fight and resist everything that I wanted that I couldn't have. And it's just kind of a settling into that. And I think there's something to be said about if you take that into real estate investing too, is you can only control the things that you can control and do the best that you can. And much past that, you know, you're just going to wear yourself out 
possibly to an exhausting level. But yeah, I think I think 2020 is really just kind of teaching us all partially to chill out, chill out from our really busy schedules of going a million different places, but also chill out with problems or challenges. You know, a lot of us have challenges this year that we don't normally have. And how can you be easy on yourself about that and just kind of go with the flow of them versus trying to fight them left and right? Well, I know for, for us in our business, you know, certainly those challenges have been there. We haven't taken our foot off the gas, far from it. In fact, if anything, right. we put our foot on the gas. We've had to focus on making sure that the wheels stay on the bus, that mm-hmm. you know, we, we don't get derailed. A lot of energy has gone into that. But we've also seen a tremendous amount of opportunity where a lot of people have taken a wait-and-see attitude with respect to the market. We have found those opportunities that have met our criteria, and we've said, okay, time to hunker down and, and get some projects done. And of course, it's been more difficult because the environment's yeah. been more difficult. Yeah. So it's taken more energy to accomplish the same thing. In spite of that, it's been uh, exactly like you said, there's a gap often between my own case, my expectation of what I should be able to accomplish in a day and what I truly can accomplish in a day. Yeah. And that that gap is definitely a source of stress. Yeah, absolutely. And I like what you said, too, because it is a good kind of clarification on what I was saying is it doesn't mean just chill out and watch Netflix all the time, but also, you know, be really open to I'm with you. I've actually gotten busier. Uh, the beginning of quarantine was a little bit different. Obviously, I had time to finish the book, but real estate has picked up tremendously. I haven't been this busy in years, which is almost kind of ironic and hilarious or sad. I don't know what it is, but, you know, it was kind of unexpected and really being willing to jump on that bandwagon. Cause I've seen over the time I've been in real estate, what I've really seen is that if you don't jump on it, when it's time to jump on it, you're going to miss it. I started investing in 2011, which was at the crux of the crash. And I look back now and I was like, man, I wish I'd done so much more because it was so profitable then. And I look at my properties from then I like what you said, because just hearing what I said is kind of like, a, oh, well, just surrender and don't have to do anything. Well, no, that's not totally what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ellie, if folks want to connect, if they want to learn more, what's the best way? Well, so I made a link, uh, especially for your listeners. It is, so my company's name is Hipster Investments. So if you go to hipsterinvestments.com slash espresso book, then uh, you can get a free digital copy of the book that I just put out. And the only thing I ask in return is I would love Amazon reviews if you're willing to give those in exchange for the free book. But uh, check it out. If you like it, let me know. There's links on there to connect with me. Any feedback would be awesome. Fantastic. Well, Ali, thank you for sharing. First of all, congratulations on the book. Thank you for sharing your perspective. And for the listeners at home, definitely Connect with Ali at hipsterinvestments.com and get a copy of the free book at hipsterinvestments.com slash espresso book, spelled just like the podcast or the Italian coffee. In the meantime, <laughs> have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Bye.